0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about hypertension. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com hypertension or in the cardiology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Hypertension is the term used to describe high blood pressure. The NICE guidelines from 2019 on hypertension suggest making a diagnosis of hypertension when there's a blood pressure above 140 mm of mercury systolic over 90 mm of mercury diastolic in the clinic or 135 over 85 with ambulatory or home readings. Let's talk about the causes of hypertension. Essential hypertension accounts for 95% of hypertension cases. And this is also known as primary hypertension, and it essentially means that the high blood pressure has developed on its own and does not have a secondary cause. There are a number of secondary causes of hypertension that you can remember using the mnemonic ROPE. R for renal disease, and this is the most common cause of secondary hypertension. If the blood pressure is very high or it doesn't respond to treatment, Consider investigating for renal artery stenosis. O is for obesity. P is for pregnancy induced hypertension or preeclampsia. And E is for endocrine. And most endocrine conditions can cause hypertension, but primarily consider hyperaldosteronism, which is also known as Kahn's syndrome, as this may represent 2.5% of new cases of hypertension. A simple test for Conn syndrome is to do a renin-aldosterone ratio blood test. Specialist investigations should be considered in patients with potentially secondary causes of hypertension or if they're aged under 40 at diagnosis. There are some key complications of hypertension and these relate to the damage to the blood vessels that are caused by the persistent high pressure inside those vessels and these complications include ischemic heart disease, cerebrovascular accidents, so strokes or intracranial bleeds, hypertensive retinopathy affecting the back of the eye, hypertensive nephropathy affecting the kidneys, and heart failure. Let's talk about making the diagnosis of hypertension. Nice recommend measuring blood pressure every five years to screen for hypertension. It should be measured more often in patients that are borderline for a diagnosis, so around 140 over 90 in the clinic, and every year in patients with type 2 diabetes. Patients with a clinic blood pressure reading between 140 over 90 and 180 over 120 should have 24-hour ambulatory blood pressure monitoring or home readings to confirm the diagnosis. Having your blood pressure taken by a doctor or nurse often results in a higher reading. This is commonly called white coat syndrome. The white coat effect is defined as more than a 20 over 10 millimeters of mercury difference in blood pressure between the clinic and the ambulatory or home readings. NICE recommend measuring blood pressure in both arms, and if the difference is more than 15 millimeters of mercury, you should use the reading from the arm with the higher pressure we need to define the stages of hypertension. Stage 1 hypertension is where the patient has a clinic reading above 140 over 90 or ambulatory or home readings above 135 over 85. Stage 2 hypertension is when the clinic reading is above 160 over 100 or ambulatory or home readings above 150 over 95. And stage 3 hypertension is when the clinic reading is above 180 over 120. Persistent high blood pressure can result in end organ damage. And NICE recommend all patients with a new diagnosis of hypertension should have various investigations to look for end organ damage. A urine albumin creatinine ratio is used to look for proteinuria And a urine dipstick is used to look for microscopic hematuria to assess for kidney damage from the blood pressure. Blood tests should be taken to look for the HbA1c for diabetes, the renal function and the blood lipid levels. Fundus examination should be performed for hypertensive retinopathy. And an ECG should be taken for cardiac abnormalities. Let's talk about the medications that we use to treat blood pressure. And these are often referred to by a single letter. A is used to describe ACE inhibitors, for example, ramapril. B is used to describe beta blockers, for example, bisoprolol or atenolol. C is used to describe calcium channel blockers, for example, amlodipine. And D is used to describe thiazide-like diuretics, such as indapamide. ARB is used to describe angiotensin-2 receptor blockers such as candesartan. Angiotensin-2 receptor blockers are usually used in place of an ACE inhibitor if the patient doesn't tolerate ACE inhibitors, commonly this is due to a dry cough, or if the patient is black of African or African-Caribbean descent. ACE inhibitors and angiotensin 2 receptor blockers are not used together because they act in a similar way. The initial management of hypertension is to establish a diagnosis and we've already discussed how to do that. Next, you need to investigate for possible causes and for end organ damage and we've discussed how to do that. Finally, you need to advise on lifestyle and this includes recommending a healthy diet, stopping smoking, reducing alcohol and caffeine consumption reducing salt intake, and also taking regular exercise. So let's move on to the medical management. And this management is based on the 2019 NICE guidelines on hypertension. Medical management is offered to all patients with stage 2 hypertension and to all patients under the age of 80 years old who have stage 1 hypertension and also have a Q-risk score above 10%. Diabetes, renal disease, cardiovascular disease or evidence of end organ damage. There are slightly different guidelines for younger patients and for patients who are aged over 55 or black of African or African-Caribbean descent. Stage 1. If the patient is aged 55 or below and they're not black then use an ACE inhibitor. If they're aged above 55 or they're black of African or African-Caribbean descent, then start with a calcium channel blocker. Step 2 is an ACE inhibitor and a calcium channel blocker. Alternatively, you could add a diuretic to the ACE inhibitor or the calcium channel blocker from step 1. If the patient is black, then use an angiotensin 2 receptor blocker instead of an ACE inhibitor. Step 3 is an ACE inhibitor, a calcium channel blocker and a diuretic such as indapamide. And step 4 is an ACE inhibitor, a calcium channel blocker, a diuretic and an additional medication. This additional medication of step 4 is dependent on the serum potassium level. If the serum potassium level is less than or equal to 4.5 millimoles per litre, then consider a potassium-sparing diuretic such as spironolactone. If the serum potassium is more than 4.5 millimoles per litre, consider an alpha blocker such as doxazosin or a beta blocker such as atenolol. If the blood pressure fails to respond to step 4, then consider specialist advice on controlling the blood pressure. Let's talk briefly about potassium balance. Spironolactone is a potassium sparing diuretic that works by blocking the action of aldosterone in the kidneys, resulting in sodium excretion and potassium reabsorption. This can be helpful when thiazide diuretics are causing hypokalemia. Using spironolactone increases the risk of hyperkalemia or high potassium level. ACE inhibitors can also cause a hyperkalemia. Thiazide like diuretics can cause other electrolyte disturbances such as hypokalemia or hyponatremia. For this reason, it's really important to monitor the use and ease regularly whenever you're using ACE inhibitors and all diuretics to treat hypertension. Finally, let's talk about the treatment targets for hypertension. If the patient is aged below 80 years old, the target is to get their systolic blood pressure below 140 and their diastolic blood pressure below 90. If the patient's above 80, then the systolic target is below 150, and the diastolic target is again below 90. Thanks for listening to this episode on hypertension. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. If you found this podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic, then head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. You can also pick up a copy of the paediatrics books, which does a similar job to the medicine book covering all the topics across paediatrics for your exams. Why not have a look on Audible as well as the Zero to Finals medicine book will soon be available as an audio book on Audible covering all the topics in the medicine book. Why not also check out the Zero to Finals website where you can find all the notes, illustrations, questions and videos completely free at zerotofinals.com. And I hope you subscribe and tune in to the next episode of the Zero to Finals podcast.